0: Thank you for visiting Discontinued on Display. We are so happy you have joined us. At this time, we ask of you a few small favors. Please remain with your guide at all times. If you separate, you may get lost under the museum in the weird underground water pit with our creepy phantom. Please refrain from eating or drinking on the tour. And also, please remember that, much like this podcast, love never dies.
1: display you might have thought we were not going to be back but but we are gosh darn it we are we, this was we a surprise
0: t- we just we we tried to fool you make you think you were um, free of us you're not free
1: you thought that we might have died but much like the much like love in this it, podcast we never die we never die <laughs> we never die uh we're my name is Matt, course, for you, as always i'm joined
0: by chris hi everyone I was gonna Hello. say Matt um oh gosh what is, what would it be po- speak for me my angel of podcasts
1: <laughs> oh my goodness um no we took a little bit of a, a longer holiday hiatus um you know this is just that life got busy you know I've got two kids you've got work um, I don't have i
0: I don't have spawn
1: no you do not um uh, but uh, you know we're back, and man, I know I say this every season, but I'm really excited about this season. Because this one we can get mm-hmm. on musical tangents, and it's now on, appropriate. It's appropriate. Not that it like it was inappropriate earlier. Watch,
0: we're going to go on like. You remember this old food? Like we're gonna yeah. start going on tangents <laughs> about, about the food other thing.
1: <laughs> no,
0: I'm really excited about this one. Uh again, because of we both have that connection in musical theater, which was a connection in our friendship initially too. When we first met, like when we were building shelves, I remember it vividly. We've bonded yep. over the fact that you had played orchestra for musical theater and I had majored in in theater, and that was the background in the and all that other good stuff. And I I mean I've been kind of re... I feel like I've fallen out of my theater love recently um, the past couple years. And I've been reclaiming it. Like I just went and saw chorus line. I've never seen that before. It was a really, like I was not expecting to be as touched by that show. Like I walked out of it at the end going, I should still be an actor. I shouldn't be, I really shouldn't be. (laughs) But like I walked out of that show remembering like all of my hopes and dreams, but the best part, like I have to tell this story. It's very off topic. It's not about what we're talking about. I know Matt, you'll get a
1: kick out of this. I was eating this great sandwich. (laughs)
0: So, you were eating this great sandwich. Uh,
1: so That was the joke from previously. We were going to talk about food.
0: Oh, that's right. I see. Oh, I see man? So, so, anyway, the story is... is So, it was a normal day in high school, and all of a sudden, the fire alarm... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, no, there is a story. So, I went to see Chorus Line at this larger theater, and I was in the center section towards the back. And we're about maybe 20 minutes into the show. And if you're familiar with the show, you know what I'm about to talk about. For those of you who don't know what a Chorus Line is, it is a... When I say it is a a very low action musical, that's not a bad thing. It's it's a story about a group of like maybe 12 people, I don't know the exact number, auditioning in New York to be in a Broadway show in the chorus. And it's about their journeys, about how they got there, why they want to be there, the fight to be an actor. the And the, the reason the show was so big at the time was because it was really showcasing what it was like to have a life as a an actor who that was what they were trying to do to live and how difficult it was and how cruel it could be and unforgiving. And, you know, how, how much you're looked at as like an object sometimes unless less like a human. It's a very, very interesting piece. And so about 20 minutes in one of the characters is giving a monologue about why they became a dancer. And it was because her parents had a horrible marriage and would, fight you know her dad had affairs and the place where everything was okay was when her mom would take her to the ballet um and then there's a whole musical number about going to the ballet and as she's gearing up to get into this song she's telling this monologue you can hear all the way in the house left section like the left side of the house this guy is far away from me he's this old man like he has old man voice is whispering to his wife Loud enough that I can hear him, but not loud enough. And I think it's because the actress was monologuing that I could understand what he was saying. But like you could hear him clearly through the audience. Um, and she takes a beat um, in her monologue to a moat, as one does. And you hear this man clearly say to his wife, but in his, he's whispering again, I'm I'm using air quotes because he clearly thinks whisper. he's whispering a loud whisper. This is so boring. <laughs> We're in a professional theater. Like this is not community theater. This is uh, uh, a um, union theater. It is an, it's like $100 to go in. This is a big name theater. And the the secondhand embarrassment that just rippled through the house, the random little gaffes, the people who awkwardly giggled because they didn't know what to do. Um, and an usher had to go stand next to him for the rest of the act because he kept trying to talk to his wife and they I think were asked to leave they did not come back from intermission it was and the it was a great show they did a great job it was beautiful singing and great dancing and oh, yeah and he's not like in his statement of this is boring is technically not wrong because like it's not it's not like Oklahoma where there's like a, I hate Oklahoma where there's like a fight or like phantom of the opera where a chandelier crashes onto the stage there's not a lot happening, but it's a great show and it's a really touching story if you pay attention and aren't a crotchety old man with your baseball hat on during the whole show.
1: Also, let's be real. Like, musicals are known for being... I don't want to say they're not exciting, because they are.
0: They can be, but, yeah.
1: But also, people will pause for 10 minutes to sing a song about one specific thing. And that's that's the whimsicalness of musicals. But in terms of like... I mean... Die Hard is not a musical, though that'd be a pretty good idea. Um, Probably people would go see that. Um, But, like, you're not looking for, like, big action. You're looking for more of, like, I don't know, like, great songs, great Mm -hmm. acting, great set pieces, things like that. I I wouldn't say I go to musical Uh, theater to see high action.
0: I love a good scenic design. Like, that... That just does it for me. Like, give me a cigarette. Like, I don't smoke. Smoking is bad. <laughs> no one should smoke. But everyone understands my reference. Like, I've seen shows and I've been like, wow, I want to, like, kiss the set designer. This is beautiful. Like, and even a Chorus Line, the way they did the set, which is a very minimalist set, there is nothing going on. I was, like, blown away. It was great. Um But um, speaking, you know, Matt, of songs just for the sake of songs going on for 10 minutes, very fitting what we're talking about today. What oh, we're, yes. we're kicking things off with, um, which is the sequel to the Phantom of the Opera, Love Never Dies.
1: Now, Chris, you say sequel, but yep. uh, I need to give the quotes of what uh, uh, the famous Andrew Lloyd Webber said about this. Uh, oh, please. About this. Yes. So uh, he said, I don't re- regard this as a sequel. It's a standalone piece. And then he later clarified, clearly it is a sequel, but I really do not believe that you have to have seen Phantom of the Opera to understand Love Never Dies. And then he went again, and he explained again that he didn't view it as a sequel as much as a second story with these characters, which I think qualifies it as a sequel.
0: <laughs> so listen, I've never seen Love Never Dies. So here, oh, you know what? We should probably explain something before we jump in. Oh my gosh, how foolish of us. We went on a rant and here we are. What what do we consider? So obviously we, we teased this at the end of last season. We're obviously talking about musicals. We're doing discontinued Broadway. Um, So and the, I'm glad we're starting with uh, Love Never Dies because it does set a precedent because Love Never Dies performed You'll all over. I think it was on the West End. It, it it got, you can, like, there's a soundtrack, there's a recording. It never went to Broadway. So that's what we're kind of clarifying. Like, these are shows that either never made it to Broadway, they got cancelled in rehearsals, they only made a couple, of, like, they only did a couple of performances on Broadway before getting just reaped away. Like that's what we're that's what we're talking about this season. Yeah. And so, Love Never Dies. Yeah, you can totally listen to it. Yeah, you can probably see it. There was a there was a United States tour of it, for re, for reasons it never ever premiered on Broadway and it was supposed to. Um, but yes, um, oh Andrew Lloyd Webber. This is a I don't agree with you. Need to you don't need to have seen Phantom to understand Love Never Dies. I don't at all because I spent. 90 minutes no that's not true Ninety thousand years listening to the love never die soundtrack and i didn't even finish it so, well, i mean i was listening to it at work so i had to stop it to like go into a meeting or like because someone came to talk to me
1: can, can i tell you uh so the the new york times review which first of all i love reviews of shows because writers are just very flowery with their language so he talks about the slowness of it so Yada, 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 So, or that it's probably not a good idea to have your hero in his first solo sing, the moments creep, but I can't bear to sleep to a melody that moves like a sloth in quicksand.
0: Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, but that's... <laughs> the problem is, is like... Andrew Lloyd Webber's score for both Phantom and Love Never Dies plot along they are so slow i so like real i i I guess something else we should talk about too before we dive into all this so yeah love never dies is maybe sort of a sequel and it plods along like this um like a sloth like this reviewer just said
1: it's not maybe sort of a sequel it is a sequel you can't say that toy story 2 is a separate story with the same characters. Like, it's a sequel! (laughs) No, okay, wait, wait.
0: I'm gonna argue that, because think about, like, Toy Story shorts.
1: Okay, I... Those those
0: aren't sequels, those are standalone stories that feature those characters that you don't need to have seen Toy Story to understand.
1: Okay. I don't know. I...
0: Like, but those those are shorts. Like, that's a whole other thing. Like, I mean, like... I wouldn't walk into, I mean, Mary Poppins Returns, I don't think you need to see the original Mary Poppins to understand it.
1: Yeah, I suppose, but I mean, I, but that's one of those, like, you. it's would be still a little... sequel,
0: that's its point, yeah, like, you're not it's wrong. A
1: like but I'm not like, saying that I'm not saying that that what qualifies a sequel or what not a sequel is that you 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 don't have to see the first one. Like you can see any movie. Like I saw Oceans 13 before I saw Oceans 11 or 12. And but I, I think understood- that some there are
0: some stories. Like I would say there is maybe some important things in like. Toy Story 1 that helps set what's going on in Toy Story 2 or, like, The Incredibles. Like, uh, of course, we're only doing Disney ones, but I think there are a lot of sequels that are not standalone. Like, Lord of the Rings or Star Wars. Like, I don't think those are movies you can easily pop in in the middle of. Like, you're going to be missing things. Or, like, the MCU. Like, I watched WandaVision, and I've never seen anything with Vision or Wanda and I mean, I followed it. Like I understood it yeah, enough yeah. and I enjoyed it. I was able to get there, but there were things I didn't know. I had no, I mean they were, they were, Disney did a good job of writing it so that I could pick it up as I went. I had no clue what was going on sometimes, but I figured it out, but.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I don't know if Love Never Die, based off of the soundtrack, I think you would have needed to. So I, I think really quick what we should do and by really quick, I mean, we're already about 12 minutes in here. We should define, we should give a quick plot maybe a quick summary of not just love never dies but phantom of the opera just in case just in case you never know yeah
1: okay so so, like give us the i don't know like minute or less like minute or less plot of phantom of the opera
0: so phantom of the opera is before i like what's important to know about both of these shows is that they are shows with absolutely no talking it is a sung plot um there are small moments where characters speak out of song, but there's probably music underneath them. It is a continuous, it's like Les Mis Larabla. Um, It's a, I think they're technically operettas. I think that's the technical clarification. Um, and the story of Phantom of the Opera is the story of the journey of a woman named Christine Day, who is a, a singer at an opera in France and she wants, she's not the like supreme, she's not the prima donna of the opera. She, I think she wants to be, it's been a very long time and I don't like Phantom of the Opera that much. Um, it's a personal thing. It's a good musical. I respect that it is a good show. I'm doing this because someone gave me a lot of BS after I said, I don't like the sound of music. So I must yeah. clarify yes. that I can, I can pro, like I can look at it as someone who studied theater and go, yes, this is a strong piece of performance work. It is not my cup of tea. I don't care okay. for it, so I want to make sure I preface it with that. So it's about this girl named Christine Daaé, and she wants to move up, but she doesn't really. The prima donna is kind of a jerk, and there's other people around it. And there's this guy named Wool who's in love with her, and also who's in love with her is this creepy man who lives under the opera that everyone calls the Phantom of the Opera, and he wants Christine to be the prima donna, and he's he's threatening the opera, and he's threatening the actors. And he kills a couple of people. And he well, yeah, sets, yeah. I think he sets the theater on fire by the end of it. And like the big thing with Phantom of the Opera, and we're actually going to, I'm going to bring this up next week. So let's remember this is um, at the end of act one, there's a giant masquerade ball. It's like the, one of the most well-known numbers in the show.
1: There's and the- no, that's
0: the, um. That's where he's like enticing Christine to come under the opera, oh, yeah, and, like, yeah. Make...
1: That's that's the hypnotizing song. Yeah,
0: that's the... No, that's the masquerade. Oh, yes, okay, yes, yes. Um, I'm, I'm back and at the end of like the Phantom shows up and I that I think when he kills the the lead male singer, I think it's during that number, and he Lee. causes the big chandelier in the opera house to come crashing down, and that's one of the biggest scenic like technical things in theater and it's super famous is this giant crystal chandelier crashing down on a stage and traditionally it like swings over at the house like it will swing over the audience and come crashing down onto the stage it's a big it's a big effect and at the end of the musical christine has to choose between raul and the phantom and she chooses uh raul and um, they go off and live together and the, the opera house burns down and the phantom is presumed dead. Uh, but maybe he's not. And that's the end of the show.
1: I don't think he's presumed. Dead. I think very much it's like, a, Oh, he's still out there is kind of what is I, it? it's
0: it been. A, it's been a very long time.
1: It's since been I'd a while for me him. too, but I, I, I listened to the soundtrack. I got back up on what's going on, but yeah, you know, it's, it's like this, he's very much like this, you know, magician type that is, you know, Hypnotizing women and has all power specifically
0: Christine. Like specifically he is in love with her and the sound of her yes. voice. He's like some weird music savant. And yes. he's oh he's got a horribly disfigured face. Yes that he that's hides the mask. under a mask. Yeah. So then in this app, I don't when does Phantom come out? Like the nineteen eighties?
1: Yeah, I believe that's uh hang on, it's in here somewhere. Uh it's in my research. Um nineteen eighty six was um
0: and it just recently closed. Like it's been running for a while.
1: Yeah. Well, and it had it got the movie treatment a while back. Like, they oh yeah, made a movie. that was like
0: Russ. That was was that Gerard Butler was Phantom the Phantom, or was it Russell Crowe? I don't.
1: Crow? don't hmm. Huh.
0: It was some random big name guy and the mini That's drivers a really in good
1: it. Question. I. Um,
0: I well, you figure that, that out. So in yeah. the nineties, there was this talk about maybe there being a sequel to Phantom, and a bunch of people scoffed at it, and. He started to create it, and and then some things happen. Eventually, they start doing it, and it's Love Never Dies. And the plot of Love Never Dies is wild. So the whole plot of Love Never Dies is that Madame Giry, who was like the dance instructor, teacher of this opera house in Paris, along with her daughter, smuggled the Phantom out of Paris on a boat and took him to New York, where the Phantom, with an abundance of riches that I don't remember him having... Bought an attraction on Coney Island and now is named it Phantasma, and real, real, real uh, slick. There,
1: you know, you know, just, you know, I'm the Phantom of the Opera, Phantasma. It's fine.
0: And for ten years, after the destruction of this opera house, has been like creating this like freak sideshow vaudeville thing on Coney Island in New York. Now there's two different major plot points for what happens next. In the original script, he creepily invites Christine to come sing at Phantasma under the guise of being someone named Mr. Y. And it's just to lure her back to him because he's still in love with her. And then the rest of the events of the show are the same. But at some point after they preview the show to horrible reviews in London, like it does not go well, um, they change it because this is the clearly the thing that needed to be fixed. The, the reason she comes to New York becomes even weirder. And it's now that not that the Phantom got her to come, it's that Oscar Hammerstein asked her to come to New York to perform at some opening night. And when she gets there, he's like, ah, convenient, you're here now, come to Phantasma. And like essentially kidnaps them, like without doing it, he's like, oh, like you should come to here. And like, by the way, I will double what Mr. Hammerstein is paying if you will sing here at my opera. So when she arrives, um, she's with Raul, who is now a drunk and a gambler and has lost all their money. And she is their breadwinner through her voice. And they also have a son named Gustav. Um, and there's something about Madame Giry and her daughter, like her daughter is prostituting herself to major yeah. politicians in order to secure something for like prominence or permits or something for the Phantom, essentially to get him to be able to have his thing.
1: Yeah, he's getting me out of this thing. So, like, yeah, they're, they're trying to curry favor with the Phantom. Meg is like, "Ha ha, yes, I will curry favor with the Phantom."
0: And then um, the Phantom chooses Christine over Madame Giry and her daughter Mag, and Meg gets let, really upset. Let us upset. also
1: not let us also not pass over that. Oh, we're um, not going to pass
0: over good stuff. I'm assuming. Well, no, that's not good stuff.
1: One of the big things too is this: Phantom has in his Coney Island sideshow. I believe I read oh, that three he has like, he has, yes, the the freaks, but also the automaton Christine. Oh, yes.
0: I think that's only in the initial. I think they lose automaton Christine in the... Oh, maybe they don't. She might carry through to both. But he has this, like, creepy auto, automaton version of Christine that he, like, sings to and talks to. Because he's clearly lost it. So, that's a thing. And then Christine has a son... Who turns out to be the Phantoms because apparently, before he escaped Paris, they met up before she got married and they like did the dirty. And how oh, convenient there's how there's one song in the soundtrack, like called Under the Like Our One Night Under the Moon, which is literally about them doing it and making Gustav. Um, and then he figures uh, it out it, and he uh,
1: gets Beneath a Moonless Sky. Yes,
0: yes. that is the yes. song about them making love. And, yes. um, Then he figures out that Gustav is his son and he's mad at her and he threatens to kidnap him, but unless she sings for him at the Coney Island Sideshow and and then he's like, and after you do, and he's like, oh, I'll still, I'll double what Oscar Hammerstein is paying you and then you guys can leave and it's no big deal. And then he tracks down her husband and is like, hey, I want to make a, um, a deal with you, and this is a musical number called Devil Takes the Hindmost, and it's a that's my least favorite of the songs I listened to. I was like, What is this? Um and
1: Hindmost like, is not a fun word.
0: No. And essentially he's like, Hey, if you if Christine sings for me tonight or tomorrow night, I win, and you have to go back to Paris without her and without her son. You lose and you go home. Or she doesn't sing and you guys just leave. And that's, those are the choices here. And he's like, yeah, totally. And then he goes to Christine. It makes zero
1: sense. Correct. Like, What is
0: in this for him? So Raul goes to Christine and is like, hey, we need to go. And I, like, it's in the soundtrack, like this, and it's sung. And at no point does he explain why. He's just like, we should leave. And she's like, "I I don't know. I must think about it. And then the Phantom is like, you have to sing for me. And again, doesn't really explain why. And duh, she chooses to sing. And um, Raul leaves. Um, And this is where it gets another point where it gets different. Originally, he dead gets on a boat and just goes and you don't see him for the rest of the show. And in the rewrite, he leaves with the intention to leave, but does come back at the end. Um, So I'm going to say spoiler alert. And I'm going to try and do this real quick. So for the next like 30 seconds, if you want to see this and enjoy this, don't listen here. Um, So spoils. What happens is, is she finishes the song, the Phantom and her are like, oh, okay, we'll be in love now. And she goes, oh my God, where is my son? My son has gone missing. And they figure out that Madame Jiri's son in a crazed fit kidnapped him to drown him off the pier in, in the ocean. And they find them and she whips out a gun and is like, I'm like, I'm gone crazy. And the Phantom like starts to calm her down, but loses like because he accidentally says Christine's name and she goes ape bananas and shoots Christine and Christine dies. And like in the original version, the Phantom goes and comforts Gustav on his own and that's how the musical ends. And then in the rewrite, Raul is there and Raul comforts Gustav and that's how the musical ends. Um, And it's the weirdest way to end the show. Um, It was so weird. And like, again, I didn't get through the whole soundtrack, but man, that soundtrack sounds like Phantom of the Opera Revisited. Like it sounds like Phantom.
1: It's, it's very much like kind of the same thing, which is, I get what you're, what he's going for in the sequel is that, okay, people liked Phantom of the Opera. Mm -hmm. They will love just that again. I, I think the problem that, that, that this one is, I think this one starts to get to the jump, the shark. Where yeah. Phantom of the Opera is this really interesting, like, he's confined to this opera house, which, you know, makes a little bit of sense. Like, you could haunt and be in control of this one tiny place. It's like the eight,
0: 1800s. Yeah. And
1: yeah. then, like,
0: because Love Never Dies takes place in the, at the turn of the 20th century. Like, it takes place at the start of the 1900s.
1: Yeah, whereas now this one, it's like, oh no, he's a very successful entrepreneur businessman who now is like currying favor with politicians and all this other stuff.
0: It's so weird. And like, here's the weirdest thing for me too, is out of nowhere, like the soundtrack is very similar. It's very orchestral. It's very like operatic and what you would consider like this very flowing, slower paced and out of left field, there's a rock ballad with electric guitars between the Phantom and Christine's son Gustav. And yeah. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> like, I yeah. literally was, I was working and I was typing something up on my computer and I'd been listening to the same slow, plodding along music. Like, okay, listening to the plot. Oh, this is creepy. There's a whole song where they keep saying sinew. I really wish they'd stop doing that. And then out of nowhere, I'm like, why is there an electric guitar? Mm-hmm. Like, well, I stopped. I Oh, it was so weird. Um, So, yeah. So this show, like I said, they go to the West End. They go to Australia. They play in in Asia. They tour the United States. And it's always supposed to open on Broadway. And the original cast, too, had people from some of, like, I think they had the, I don't remember if it's the original Phantom. I know they had specifically, and she'll come up next week in next week's episode, Sarah Bogus Bogus um played christine and she was she was really famous for being the christine who played in phantom takes las vegas when like phantom of the opera was playing big in las vegas Yeah,
1: um,
0: and she was the original christine for love never dies and i think she's in the film version of it i think they filmed her rendition of it because there's a filmed version of one of the stage adaptations that you can purchase and watch if like you're looking for a weird time it's like five bucks on um ebay uh and the whole soundtrack's available. You can listen to the soundtrack, like, on Spotify or on YouTube as well. Um, and it it keeps... It's supposed to go to Broadway, and it just never gets there and is indefinitely canceled from ever going to Broadway.
1: Well, part of it is the reviews were just so bad. Oh, bad. And, and they didn't... Unfortunately, it got to a point where the problems with it were not the small changes that they made. Like, okay, interesting that they made those small changes. The problem was fundamentally, you took this story that to me was like in this little box, mm-hmm. again, about this little opera house, what's going on in this opera house, and you made it just like over the top. And even in a story like Phantom of the Opera, there is a border, there's a very fine line that you want to toe between this guy's a total creep and this guy is intriguing and interesting and, and a man of mystery. And I think mm-hmm. Phantom does that really, really well. Where it's like, okay, if I really stop and think about this, this guy's really creepy. But also, there's something interesting and desirable about this character.
0: Yeah, Phantom this character is, is just like, a
1: weird, creepy dude.
0: Yeah, like the original Phantom of the opera is like... It's this like terrifying horror, thriller, gothic opera. And it's really beautifully done. Again, the reason I don't care for it is... I'm not a fan of the music. It's too slow for me. It's, it doesn't engage me at like the scenically it's gorgeous. And the costumes are brilliant. It's a great design. And like the people who do it and perform that show are so talented, but um, then you get to this and you're right. That's what it feels like. It's like now this creepazoid runs a freak show and like, there's people prostituting themselves for him and he like lures Christine all the way to New York instead of just into the basement where he can talk to her like it, it takes on a new form and it's not it doesn't feel scary anymore. It just feels weird and it's also it feels weird. I also don't like stories. I don't like follow up stories where it's like, ah, do you remember how we ended everything in a nice little bow? That was the wrong bow. She should have ended up with it. If she was supposed to end up with the Phantom, then end Phantom of the Opera that way.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Don't build and, me a story Raul, where Raul is a good guy and he he cares about her, and like it makes sense that she chooses him, and then turn around and be like,
1: eh, actually, he's a drunk and a jerk, and he's mean to his kid. He's terrible." <laughs> By the way, <laughs> like he's terrible, and and I I know the Phantom seems creepy, but he's actually the good guy. It's like it's like no this. This all feels weird. Yeah.
0: And like, Um, no, it's just, it's, I don't, I don't know. It just, like, I, I, I I am a little surprised that because it's Lloyd Webber, because it's a sequel to Phantom, that it doesn't make it onto Broadway. Like, not even for a little bit. That does, that does surprise me. I will say it does. The
1: challenges, though, that these, that a big hit musical and even movies or TV shows or anything like when, when you have a big hit something and you try to follow that up, sometimes it takes off. And other times people are like, this is a, this is a pile of hot garbage. Wow. I also feel like
0: musicals, stage shows, plays, that's a weird thing to have a sequel for.
1: Are there any other? Yes, there are. Oh, okay.
0: Um, there is a play I own called Dashing Through the Snow. I don't know if I still have the script for it, but it's a sequel. It, And I I don't remember what's it a sequel to. I just I remember thonk, thonk, thinking the plot was interesting and getting it. And it stood up. I was able to read it and understand what was going on. But I was like, wait, this is a what? And what's the other one? Oh, God, I just had it. Oh, Shakespeare technically wrote sequels. Like there's a sequel to Love's Labor's Lost that is lost to time. Um, but there are other plays and musicals out there outside of Love Never Dies that have follow-ups to those stories and i'm like
1: but i guess i guess in terms of like i don't think is there someone that sits down like when george lucas was sitting down to write star wars the the prequel trilogy he Mm -hmm. knew he wrote it with like i'm gonna write one two and three correct and when they were creating the hobbit trilogy they were like we're gonna have one two and three i don't is there anyone that has written a musical that is like all right I am going to tell a story over three musicals, and it is going to be A, B, and C, and I'm going to, and and there's going to be a cliffhanger at the end of two that you're going to have to come back and see. Like, that's just not a thing that happens in theater.
0: Yeah, no, it's, oh, oh, I remember the other one. There's a sequel to Bye Bye Birdie.
1: Oh, is it called Hello, Hello Birdie?
0: It's called Bring Back Birdie, and it happened like- 10 years after the original one and they got Cheetah Rivera to come back and be Rosie, but, um,
1: but it didn't do well.
0: Correct. I knew I was forgetting one. Um, and then, sorry, I just Googled a quick list because I was like, I know I'm missing something. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot I haven't even heard of.
1: Well, and, and um, I guess that, that's my point is that, okay, there's a lot, but have you heard of any of them Are any a- of them popular?
0: There's a sequel to falsettos.
1: Uh, Sure.
0: Um, There's a sequel to Annie called Miss Hannigan's Revenge.
1: Oh, what? Ooh, okay. What happens in that one?
0: Um, Underrated by the Bring Back Birdie Experience, blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, Ant tells the story of a plucky young orphan, blah, 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 blah. Um, what
1: does Miss Hannigan try to do to get
0: I'm revenge? I'm trying to find out. room, a favorite regional. It's not telling me. Wait, what the heck? Um. Oh, there's a sequel to the Bessel Whorehouse in Texas. I'm gonna have to Google the Sandy sequel. Um. Okay. Well, well you know, to... we'll catch it on
1: the next episode. But uh, um, don't we got a long season. We can we can recap. We might Ms. have Hannigan's to talk episode. about that one. Yeah, you know, we might have to talk about Miss Hannigan's revenge, um, but it, I I think that my, my point about it. Okay, Annie, huge 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 musical. Everybody knows Annie. Everyone knows the sun will come out tomorrow. You know, mm-hmm. it's it Family Guy has parodied the. You know, they did this yeah. house is freaking sweet. Um, like, it, it, but yet until you told me a I minute didn't and a half ago, I wouldn't. And I, bet if we went on the street and went, hey, do you know there's a sequel to Annie? people would be like, no.
0: Yeah, that to me, those are hard sells because like with a movie, right? I can go rent the first one. I can't go rent the first part of a musical.
1: No, it, it's, it's it's definitely more difficult. Well, and like you said, like the, the the musical Annie has a clear like, here's the story we're telling. We put a bow on it. And that's mm-hmm. what you said with the problem with this one. Here's, we put a bow on it. And then if you try to do a sequel,
0: you have to it's unwrap like,
1: it. Then it's like, okay, well, you remember that bow? We don't like that bow anymore. Now it's this bow. Yeah, and because they,
0: and especially with the fact that it took him so long to write it. Like, it took him 20 years to get it ready. Oh, because also, fun fact, his pet baby kitten of six months old stepped on his electric keyboard and erased the entire original recorded score for Love Never Dies. Did you read that?
1: I did not read that. That is oh wild. Oh, my God, yeah.
0: So in the early 2000s, like, he was getting ready and – he had the score completely done on his, like he had an electric keyboard. It was like recorded into the system, and apparently, he said that the whole score was erased when his kitten walked across the the stuff and hit a button and just erased the entire soundtrack to "Love Never Dies." I would have and just, love died.
1: I would have just been like, "All right, it's dead. I'm just not doing it anymore." <laughs>
0: and then, like, he had to because he didn't have it written down anywhere. He had to completely rescore it. Wow. Could you imagine?
1: Uh, I would have skinned that cat.
0: (laughs) And it was some... I I should have written down what this was. Um, It was some weird, specific breed of cat. Like, it was so weird. Um, I was like, of course Andrew Lloyd Webber owns this. Um,
1: (laughs) It's a... Where are you? Um, okay. Well, while you're looking that up, I'm going to read my other. Favorite oh, here it part. is.
0: Um, six-month-old kitten Otto, who's a rare breed Turkish Van, deleted the entire soundtrack.
1: Well, did the cat have a name? Otto. Otto, yes, Otto. Well,
0: on on his Cl- Clavinova Clavinova yeah, digital yeah, piano. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I know that brand. Um. So uh, uh, I have to read my other favorite line. Uh, this is really out of context from the New York Times. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, so it's talking about Andrew Lloyd, uh, uh, the Andrew Lloyd Webber thing. So it's like, so now he's back in the West End with a big gaudy new show. And he might as well have a kick me sign pasted to his backside.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like poor. Now the thing is, is I'm actually just genuinely not a fan
1: of Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals. Like I hate cats with a passion cats, oh my god cats is the weirdest musical in the world i thought when i was 13 and i just remember going what in the world am i watching right now like the costuming is interesting but i'm just i'm seeing they're going i don't understand what's going on there's cats and they're just like d- like doing stuff i
0: not I, they're not just cats they're jellicle cats
1: I I just I I don't understand what's happening in that. I know code.
0: two people that are obsessed with cats, and I worry for their psychological health I, and well-being. I
1: just do not understand. Um, I think Joseph and the Amazing Dream Dreamcoat is a good one. I like that one.
0: It's a nice show. I don't care for it that much.
1: It's a nice show. I like it. I, it it's very it's very fun, and I don't know. It's just it's just kind of fun. You um, know, musicals
0: based off of Jesus kind of throw me
1: um uh, yeah yeah i mean don't get me wrong i definitely point out the biblical inaccuracies uh when i'm watching uh joseph i'm sure you do but uh um i don't know i just i i i i enjoy the music of that show Um uh, i think part of that is because it, it doesn't feel as dreary like it's got some upbeat hits yeah um um so uh yeah but i i agree like it it, it, it his musicals are just very very basic and so to speak, I don't mean that in a bad way. They're they're
0: grand. They're huge. But I just don't care. I don't think I care for him as a what a lyric, not a lyricist. That's a per- is the lyricist, the person who writes the lyrics.
1: Yeah, yeah. Lyricist. So what, oh,
0: composer. That's what I'm looking for. I don't care for him as a composer. Again, I appreciate that he's a strong composer. His composition does not appeal to me as an individual is all yeah.
1: Uh, eBay, what can I get on eBay from Love Never Dies? Nothing exciting. And I think it's oh. because
0: it was an active musical. You can get the soundtrack, you can get the film recording, you can get like a dual box set of the recorded version of the stage production of Phantom with Love Never Dies. And that's the most expensive item being listed around 150. There's no like weird t shirt or anything or poster. Um, but if you're looking to watch it, you can totally get a copy on eBay. I'm sure you could probably get a copy at your library. Um, again, the soundtrack is available for listening to, which probably won't always happen um, for most shows. I know next week's show, there's, I think technically there's a way to watch it, but there is a little caveat to that. Um, so sometimes, like, there won't be anything really to listen to or, or hear. So I think that's a, a treat for you. It's like if you like Android Webber and if you like Phantom of the Opera, they'll probably like this. The reason I know this musical exists is because of a friend I had in college who was obsessed. I think Phantom was his favorite musical. And he, Oh my gosh, have I seen Love Never Dies? Oh man, I might have actually watched the movie of this and have blocked it out. I might have. because there, There's a recorded stage production of it. Oh. That's, yeah. Um, oh my gosh, I might have seen it because I know I've seen a recorded stage production of Phantom and Les Mis, and I want to say we watched Love Never Dies, or maybe I didn't get to see that. I don't know, but I feel like we watched it. Um And I remember he, like, walked me laborious. Like, we would, like, when we would go out and, like, hang out, like, he would play the soundtrack this when he was really into it. And, like, would explain to me what was going on. And there's something about a music box. I don't know. I don't know, man. It was weird. And I remember thinking, why on earth? And this was, it was painful. Um, Other shows he introduced me to were, like, Ragtime. And I love Ragtime.
1: Ragtime's a great show. but If if um, you
0: have listened to any of our previous seasons. We love Ragtime um but yeah no nothing too exciting and i think it's because it it did have runs and i think is going on another it was supposed to go on another tour a national tour in the states um in 2020 and then COVID happened it well, might still can, happen but
1: well i can say this um chris don't ever tick me off because um you can sign up to to the waitlist below to hear about the love never dies world tour and I can check the box that says, please contact me about Andrew Lloyd Webber and his shows or theaters.
0: <laughs> I, let me tell you, I know a couple people I would subscribe to that list.
1: Yeah. So if you're wondering, you just love Never Dies Tour. You know, if you want to want get back at some people that don't like Andrew Lloyd Webber, just type in their name and they'll oh, be getting a lot of updates. I don't think you understand
0: how tempted I am to do that.
1: <laughs> a couple of people. Here's the thing, Har- this is the this is the kind of prank that's great, because it's harmless, like more emails, like whatever, who cares?
0: Oh God, that's funny. Um, so Matt, do you think that, I guess not should it come back, but should Love and Never
1: Dice go to Broadway? Uh, no. No. It, it should not. I, 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 uh, no.
0: I think, I think Otto was trying to do us a favor.
1: Yeah, Otto, Otto may have been, uh, known what's up, because- that kitten would have had to have been there for some of the composing. So maybe Otto was like, mm. <laughs> no. No. Well, do you have anything else? I'm, I think I'm all set. I have I'm a good. parent-teacher conference in 10 minutes. so <laughs> let's,
0: get, let's get you to that. But um, before we go, Matt, where can they find us?
1: Yes. so I got to remember all this discontinued on display at gmail.com. Please send us an email. If you have a suggestion of a musical that you obscure musical that never made it to Broadway that you'd like us to talk about, we would closed, love too to
0: about closed too soon or closed too soon or
1: close too soon. We would love to talk about it. Um, uh, Twitter and Instagram, Twitter at, at discontinued pod, Instagram at discontinued on display. As always rate and review us five stars, five stars, leave us a little review. It does help. Um, yeah, we've got uh, a, a full season ahead of us. So tell your friends, all your musical theater people who love to hear about obscure musicals. And man, I will tell you this. As usual, we have some doozies of stories coming. Just, I'm excited oh, for next man. week. Oh, especially next week. Just It's going to be great.
0: It's going to be a
1: wonderful one. I'm so one.
0: excited. So, um, I guess so, um, with that, all I have to say is Sign off for us, my angel of podcasts.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The Phantom of the Podcast, away!